Hello and welcome to a rambling podcast with another bloody critic. I am another bloody critic, Adam Schultz, here as always. And this week I'll be joined by a special guest, Sam Cripps, uh, who will be sort of going over some of his theories and some speculation on the Spider-Man movies coming forward with Spider-Man Homecoming obviously coming out next week and I'm sure plenty more Spider-Man movies in the MCU to come. Um, But before we do that, I want to get through this week's review. I'm doing it on my own this week. I certainly wouldn't subject anyone else to watch this film. But I'm reviewing The House, which is the new movie uh, starring Will Ferrell. Um, So The House, the premise of The House, I suppose, is that um, Will Ferrell and his wife want to send their daughter to her dream college where she got accepted. And they're relying on a scholarship from their local town in order to uh, in order to send their daughter to college. And the town votes to cut the scholarship money and instead build a swimming pool. Um, so Will Ferrell and Amy Poehler have to then team up with their depressed neighbour uh, and set up an illegal casino in order to raise the money that they need to send their daughter to uh, college. It's not a good movie. It is a horrific movie, actually. It's one of the worst movies I've ever sat through, and certainly the worst one I've ever sat through in a theatre. And this is coming from someone who once saw The Pink Panther 2 in a theatre. So this is this is the level of horrific badness that this movie is. Um, the two leads, Feral and Polar, both extraordinarily funny performers when they're given the right material. Don't don't have anything in this movie and uh, even the little bits that might have worked they both seemed so disinterested in the um, in the material that it just felt like they were sleepwalking through the entire film uh, there was no effort no energy put in at all some of the side characters deserve a mention side actors um, all of these they certainly didn't do enough to make the movie funny but they sort of at least tried to do the best with what they had, and I appreciate them for that. There was a Nick Kroll, a, again, a very funny, usually character actor. Um, he's playing the mayor of this town. I forget what the name of the town they were in, but small town USA, he was the mayor. Um, so he, he had some funny bits, I suppose, but they certainly weren't that funny. Um, he was paired up for a lot of the movie with Alison Tolman, playing the town's treasurer. Uh, you might recognise Tolman from shows such as Fargo. Again, she did the best with what she had, and the other one that did really well with what he had, which was again, wasn't much, was uh, Jeremy Renner, who came in as a mob boss. And you could tell Renner in particular was having fun with what he had. Um, it still wasn't nearly enough to save this movie. Um, but yeah, special mention to Renner. Um, if you've ever heard me do a review, you'll know that I usually like to structure it with positives first and then deal into the negatives. For the first time ever, I think, I might have had this trouble with a few a movie trolls maybe, but apart from that, there's nothing I can think of. And it's so unusual that there's nothing I can think of that worked with this movie. Nothing at all. I struggle for positives. The best, the closest to a positive 
note I could give to this movie is that it's only an hour and a half long, so you know, it's over relatively quickly. Um, nothing worked. Nothing at all. Uh, all of the jokes in this movie just fall completely flat. There's nothing that's worth laughing at. Um, you know, th some of the jokes are just so juvenile, and some of them are over the top stupid, and some of them are just silly, and some of them have been done by thousands of movies beforehand and done better. So um, the, the situation itself, the plot, you might have picked up when I was uh, listing off the sort of the plot summary that the um, the plot itself is ridiculously stupid, it was dumb, it was silly, and there is a difference I think between being silly and being funny and this movie failed to recognise that, it just went straight out stupid. Um, there was conflicts between Nick Kroll and uh, Will Ferrell were the main conflicts. Uh, the way it was written wasn't interesting. It was about as interesting as a government budget night. Um, it's just... It's just nothing I can say about this movie that would be a recommendation in any way, shape or form. I'm sorry if you're looking forward to this movie and I've bummed you out, but um, at least now you know. Don't waste your money on this movie. Don't go see this movie. Uh, it deserves to be playing to empty theatres around the country. It is just that bad. I'm giving it the lowest score I've ever reviewed for a movie. Uh, 0.45 out of 5 for the house. No redeeming factors whatsoever. I don't even know where the 0.45 came from. It's just that I think the things that they did bad could have maybe, if they really, really tried, been done worse. And that's it. So... Please ignore the existence of the house. Don't see it. Don't rent it. Don't watch it on Netflix. Don't. Yeah. Don't give this movie any reason to continue to exist. It shouldn't exist. It's a horrible movie. And uh, with that over the way, I'm going to sign off on this review and I'll be back shortly with special guest Sam Cripps to talk Spider Man in what should be a much more enjoyable little bit segment of this podcast. Welcome back to a rambling podcast by Another Bloody Critic. I'm still here, Adam Schultz, Another Bloody Critic, and I'm joined by special guest Sam Cripps. How's it going? And uh, really good to have you here, because uh, we've got a big movie coming out this week in cinemas, uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, it's one I, I know I've been looking forward to this one for a little while. I since I saw wait. Yeah. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> since I saw the trailer, I think it's just really been anticipating this one and uh, you are a big comic book person which yes full yeah, disclosure definitely. full disclosure i am not i've read some deadpool comics and that's about it well then you have to come and visit me in the comic store and i'll sort you out with something awesome. to read <laughs> <laughs> awesome so uh, i've got you here so we can sort of talk a bit about spider-man from a comic perspective because we've, we've all seen the movies everyone's seen those those Tobey Maguire movies. Yes, yep, the Sam uh, Raimi ones. Yes, yeah. the Andrew Garfield ones and the new MCU, of course. Every, I think my grandma's even seen the new <laughs> MCU ones. Um, but I thought I'd ask you, there's, obviously we've seen this Spider-Man already in Civil War, uh, which was, was that last year, Civil War? Yes, yes it was. Yep. 
last yes. year now already. Yes. Yeah. Um, what were your thoughts as a as a big Spider-Man fan on the Civil War uh, Spider-Man portrayal? Um, so the best way to put it is, it was. I liked that we didn't have to sit through another origin straight away. They didn't mm. give us the whole, oh, my uncle's dead again. The yes. whole, so we, we, as fans of the comic and as many fans of the movie, we've seen it twice. And, of course, there were all those cartoons over the years, animations, um, yeah, and Marvel renumbering their comics, number one, every so often and re-putting out that mm. first story, maybe slightly different each time. Still... You know, we know the origin, so the best thing Marvel did was not throw us down another origin path um, and introducing him into a film where there's multiple heroes already very much established and fighting and just basically having him as, oh, we know a kid that can help us out. was yes. very clever because it means that, one, like I said, we didn't have to sit through that origin, and two, we get to meet a really young Spidey and uh, something that we hadn't seen quite yet with the young Spidey in the films. So mm. Very, very well done as an introduction to the character. Yes. No, I, I definitely, just as from a film perspective, I just really love the way that they just threw him in. And admittedly, it wouldn't work with all characters. No, like you couldn't a do A lot it, of them, yeah. like if you if you picked someone, uh, okay, I, you might not even know who this is, a character like Moon Knight. Yeah, yes. I've never heard of him. So if you got a character like that and just put him in it, everyone would be going, uh, what? what? What is mm. this? Uh, and more confusion than anything. Um, if you have a look at Guardians of the Galaxy, and I know that he shows up in number one and two, Howard the Duck yes. shows up. Most people probably don't even know. Even, even as I say it, most people will be like, I don't know who that is. Yes. Look him up. Um, fantastic I, series of comics and ter yeah. a terrible movie. Yeah, the terrible back. Yep. George Lucas. <laughs> yes, directed. yeah. Okay, I liked it, but that's that's me. Yeah. Um, the uh, you'd see a lot of people even when I went and saw that with friends, I had people go, "Who's that?" Mm. So it's cool that they do make nods for comic book people, but I'm glad that they with Spider Man straight up just sort of threw him at you mm. and it worked. Yeah. I think you could almost even contrast that with a movie that came out around the same time as Civil War that was much less well received, which was Batman vs Superman. Oh, that film was terrible, when and there's and they, big reasons yeah. why. <laughs> and one of the things which not is certainly not the biggest flaw with the movie at all, but they went back and showed us again. Oh, remember this is Bruce Wayne; his parents got murdered. It's like we've seen that story yes, done yeah, over definitely. and over they, again. They went back to and Origins. Yeah. Um, the other thing they did with that film, and I'll say it with nearly all of DC's films, is they go for very dark and almost political mm. things, where Marvel's all fun and happy and for everyone, where DC goes very dark and, happy and, dark and sad with political stuff tied in with it mm. and then don't want to give it the... I mean, I know that Batman v Superman got an MA rating... But yes. even still, they didn't go dark enough with what they were doing. Like, DC need to make up their mind. Are they doing dark films or are they going to sell them to children? They yeah. can't keep <laughs> dancing around this yeah. weird thing where they're going, oh, we've got this really awesome idea where we'll make it dark and horrible and moody. Like Suicide Squad. Yeah. Let's get a bunch of people that kill and murder and do horrible things, but let's not have them kill a single person and fight mud monsters. Yeah, it was... Well, not good. Yeah, no, it wasn't. But uh, I did like Wonder Woman, though, so there is that. I thought Wonder Woman was a was where they should have started. Yeah. Um, it was just a bit unfortunate about the whole 
villain having yeah the big terrible CGI blur at the end yeah and uh, his moustache peeking through the helmet at all times annoyed yeah. the hell out of me but yeah. you know we'll we'll move yeah, back, move back we'll, yeah. we'll move back to the to the world of Marvel uh, <laughs> um so one thing if you sort of look on any any Facebook comment section or on YouTube or on any internet forum Twitter wherever you see a lot of people well I've certainly noticed a lot of people saying in regards to Tom Holland who played Spider-Man in Civil War and will be taking the role forward in the MCU that he's more true to the comics he's probably the most true to the comics Peter Parker and Spider-Man that we've had um, so I was wondering as as someone again from my perspective never reading the comments what makes him more like the comics than say Tobey Maguire or Andrew Garfield in terms the of the first thing scene? the first thing for sure is age um, I mean Spider-Man the way I always remember Spider-Man was always being quite young he was never just instantly almost I mean Tobey Maguire was an adult he wasn't a young even though he was playing a high school or college student he still came across as an adult mm-hmm. um, where or a young adult just not not as young um, I don't know why but I always associate Spider-Man with being a young kid compared to everyone else which is why once again it works in the MCU having Tony Stark and all those other mentors and people around him being so much older yes. gives you that sense of age gap and you know he's a kid he's going to be doing things that the others weren't that are silly and nerdy and I don't know, like like he makes jokes about how old Star Wars is. Like yeah. it's just <laughs> yeah. perfect. It's one of those things. He's a child yeah. in a grown up's world who mm. happens to have superpowers. Yeah. And is he because you touched on like he's making jokes about Star Wars and stuff. Is that sense of humour prevalent throughout his comic runs as it well? Definitely. He got more. It, it started off um, if you if you're going back all the way back to like the sixties, where it was starting of Amazing Spider Man. Uh, you sort of have. He's got a sense of humour, but not as much as he eventually ends up. As the series goes on, it's almost like he starts off quite... He's got this horrible sense of he's got to do right because of what's happened to his uncle and all that backstory. Mm. But eventually, to cope with that, it's almost as if he comes up with this really warped sense of humour. Yeah. Um, I mean, most of it is just bad puns, but he <laughs> he does talk a lot and distracts the enemy verbally and just... Mm chatters a lot to uh, to distract. He, the way um, I notice it a lot lately in comics, him and Deadpool doing a mm. talk battle, I don't know what to call it, a pun off mm. um, could possibly be the best and most disastrous thing for the world because it could go on forever. <laughs> yes. So I do want to uh, move on and talk about the villain of this movie. We've seen him in the trailers. Uh, Vulture, I believe is his name. Uh portrayed by Michael Keaton in this movie, which is very exciting to see Michael Keaton come back into the superhero world. Um, I know nothing about Vulture, apart from what I've seen in the trailers. Um, who is he? Why? So, in I don't want to spoil this, because it's, yeah. it's a, from what I yeah. can tell in the trailer, it is very different where they're going with the Vulture's history. Mm. Um, they're showing him as someone that has to clean up after the Avengers who has to... He, he basically collects all the rubbish, all the technology left by aliens and Iron Man's armour and all that because you've got to think how many bits and pieces do fall off during these battles. Mm. Uh, so he picks them up and he's recycling them 
and using them to further his own technology and obviously then starts doing bad things, mm. becomes a bad guy. Uh, different because Vulture from the comics, as far as I remember, was always this old, 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 old crotchety man that basically wanted to steal the youth mm. of of uh, Spider-Man and anyone else. He would actually suck their life essence out of them. <laughs> yeah, like, it, he was just... Yeah. I mean, it's... He, he wasn't always done exactly like that, but that that's the vulture that I always remember and always know that, you know, this guy was there to suck the life out of someone. But now, him being a scavenger probably actually makes more sense because a vulture doesn't yeah. really suck the life out of anyone. But being a scavenger to build the tech, I think Marvel has done the right thing by this mm. villain. Um, I mean, where the previous Spider-Man films, especially if you look at the amazing Spider-Man number two, they had Electro was the main one and they kind of turned him into this whimpering, nerdy... Like, they just went the wrong way with it and it mm. didn't work. I mean, I know they wanted to move away a little bit from what everyone expected, but... Mm. It just didn't match up yeah. quite right. This is a big, like, it is a big step to change what the villain's main purpose is. But even still, he's you've still got the villain in the movie as an older man who is, to an extent, no one cares about him except for Spider-Man. Like, because mm. he's that street-level yeah. problem. So I think that the movie will be fine. Like, I think they've, they've got the character right. I think they've got the best person they could get to play him. And the only thing that would I could maybe see is if they don't kill him off, mm. because maybe a Sinister Six or something for the future. Yes. They could actually well and truly have it, him coming back with the whole life-sucking yeah. technology. I'd be very interested, because uh, I think as someone just watching the Marvel Cinematic Universe, villains are probably the area that they've found most of their weaknesses yeah, I think okay. a lot of their a lot of their villains end up being quite forgettable and sometimes it serves like my favourite of the Marvel movies is probably Guardians of the Galaxy I think it's probably my favourite of the that cinematic universe that they've done but the villain in that did nothing he was just there to further along the plot the R- plot Ronan yeah <laughs> yeah I can see that yeah, yeah. I mean but uh, yeah what they really need I think is to really build up an iconic... I mean, they've got some. They've got Loki. You, yes, you, definitely. Yeah. Um, it's funny. We've yeah. seen some like some pretty... I mean, Thanos is the behind-the-scenes guy that we all know yeah. will show up for Infinity War and everything. Um, but there are actually some really awesome Marvel villains that they haven't even scratched the surface on. And I know yeah. that Sony has announced a Venom movie mm. with the possibilities of carnage being in it and they're yeah. two big spider-man foes that you know everyone's kind of freaking out that sony and is still doing yes. weird stuff on the side <laughs> but uh yeah my biggest concern would be is they sony doesn't get the right people to play those two because those two could be somewhat like in my mind carnage is marvel's equivalent to the joker just pure mm. carnage it's yeah. just chaos he's just villainous for the sake of villainy mm. so they need the right person to play these kind of characters and Marvel has had good villains but we're yet to see one on screen that has almost stolen the show like you yes. look at Dark Knight if you look at um, Heath yeah. Ledger's Joker oh. that stole the movie Like, yeah. no one could care less about Batman <laughs> in that movie everyone wants to be the Joker in that film um, 
even if you look at Bane, I guess, I mean, a lot of people didn't go much on that film, mm. but the sheer size of Tom Hardy in that as Bane is terrifying. Yet we still haven't had that villain from Marvel that makes you actually go, oh, you know, this is kind of scary. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they're all either done for comedy or just as a as a plot device. Yeah, exactly, to move things yeah. forward. But, I mean, yeah. it worked for Ant-Man. Ant-Man was fantastic. That movie was great. And the mm. villain in that, he was just... I'd, he played the character well. Everything was great. Um, but the, or the yellow jacket was just... You, know, you don't really care about the yellow jacket after you've seen the film. There's yeah. no reason to ever remember that character. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this does segue quite well into sort of... Because obviously we've got Homecoming coming out, but it's certainly not going to be the last of these Spider-Man movies in the MCU. I mean, I think if Marvel get their way, this is going to go on in perpetuity. Well, I think someone literally told me the other day, if you count... So you've got... Uh, he was in Civil War, mm. Homecoming. He's in the two Infinity Wars, and he's meant to show up in... I think he's already booked in for a Homecoming 2 sequel. Yeah, they're booked in, they're um, booked in three. Three. So if you... That's, that's six to seven films already that he's... Yeah. He's coming into, and, you know, good chance he'll show up in some after-scene credits and things. Yes. So Tom so, Holland's very yeah. lucky. He's got some work for a while. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but so there's so many of these coming out, and, I mean, like, a lot of these Marvel movies, they take... I guess they take story arcs from the comics and then sort of do a little twist to them to sort of put their own stamp on it. But most of them are based off of at least existing arcs and obviously existing villains. So what sort of storylines would you like to see uh, Peter Parker go on? Well, I know that we've got from the street level with the Defenders and everything um, and with the Daredevil show and that, we've seen The Punisher Mm. and uh, that was awesome. The Punisher, that, that that whole thing with him showing up fighting Daredevil was just awesome uh next thing we need to see is spider-man getting attacked by the punisher and then from that after those two have had a bit of a a tuffle we can see some of the characters that people wouldn't know like the jackal okay because the jackal's the one that pulls the strings into them all fighting uh it'd be cool to see some of these creepy characters that lurk in the background i'd even like to see some of the heroes that are a bit more like, like I mentioned, Moon Knight before. Mm. Love to see him show up. A Spider-Man, Moon Knight team-up would be fantastic, especially because Moon Knight has some very, very deep mental health issues. Okay. So that could be really interesting, seeing mm. a young kid having to deal with not only a, another... Well, he's an anti-hero, I guess, the Punisher, someone who's trying to kill him <laughs> and pretty much will do nothing but try to stop him and then having this guy with mental health issues in the middle of them trying to stop them from fighting yeah and then this creature called the jackal in the background pulling all the strings could just i don't know i think it'd be a really fun Mm. thing to see play out in the big screen it sounds like what because as someone who's seen all these spider-man movies and that's my knowledge of spider-man it seems a lot of the time he comes up against uh villains that perhaps a bit more corporate you, you yeah, spend a lot of time with the, the corporate crime. Like yeah, he's very much, and it's funny because yeah. now, only recently in the comics, um, he's now one of these people himself where he owns Parker Industries. He's now mm. Iron Man. Um, I mean, it's only taken him since the '60s to finally <laughs> yeah. grow up into a man and have his own business. But yeah, he uh, he straight up ends up becoming a Tony Stark, and it's funny because 99% of the problems Spider-Man 
fights is because they're from these big industries where they make problems and mistakes and whatever <laughs> and he ends up doing the same thing and creating more villains along the way by yeah by doing the same thing that they did but yeah so. but it does sound like you would be hanging out to see more of this sort of street level yeah i want to see, i want i want i really want to see some more of the street level stuff um only because as much as the big cinematic stuff is amazing to see and like the visual effects stunning and all the actors are just you know worth thousands and thousands so they mm. get these crazy contracts and that i want to see more stuff like that punisher dead um mm. just some more gritty fights on the street and like i said moon knight would be a great character to see do that but another one that you could get to come down and do some more street level stuff would be she hulk mm. get show and that'd be a great way to tie because i know that eventually the hulk will have to I mean, some of these actors are now coming to the ends of contracts and all kinds of things. So they can do a Planet Hulk movie and do Hulk as CGI and have him CGI the whole time. Or have him donating blood to a cousin who's dying and do a She-Hulk. Mm. Have her on the street trying to be a lawyer and she's green, you know. <laughs> and she it's funny, she's, she's, so she's a woman dealing with being a woman in a man's industry and mm. she's struggling in the corporate world and you know on top of all that she happens to be one of the strongest people that lives yeah. so it'd be just i reckon it'd be a lot of fun yes um so i guess this does sort of segue nicely into something else i wanted to bring up with sort of these future plots in that like this one obviously we see this in homecoming we're obviously going to see spider-man team up with tony stark and iron man doing uh, which makes sense from where the characters were left off at the end of Civil War. But uh, obviously Marvel and the MCU have this huge wealth of characters that they can pair up, and they seem to be pairing up characters more and more often. Uh, so you've mentioned p people like She-Hulk and like uh, Moon... Moon Knight. Moon Knight. <laughs> Moon Knight. I was about yeah. to say Moonlight. I'm like, that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> Moonlight. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a new one. Look out, Marvel. Coin yeah. that. <laughs> uh, but which ones, perhaps of some even some of the bigger ones that we might have seen in the movies, which ones would you think Spider-Man would work well being paired with? So we want to see Spider-Man, I've said Punisher, Moon Knight, She-Hulk. Um, you know what? They've done a lot of Young Avengers-style stuff in the comics. Um, uh, I can't think of the team that they're with at the moment, but you could see Spider-Man teaming up with Miss Marvel. Um, mm. Especially the new Miss Marvel. Yes, because um, that's coming with uh, Brie Larson. Yes. He's another young, up-and-coming yeah, yeah. she, actor. She's getting more and more trilogy yeah. roles, I guess you could say. Everything yeah. she seems to do becomes a franchise. Yeah. So it'd be cool to see him end up either going one or two ways, like I keep saying about the street-level stuff, is you can actually see him go the complete dealing with all these things from out of the world. Like mm. the, the Kree need to fly down and are attacking Earth and you've got... Yeah this kid who's like, well, I'm now dealing with an alien invasion, um, having having those kind of big galactic characters come in. Um, I, I don't want to give anything away, but a character called Star Fox and stuff like that showing up could be really interesting. Nova, we've yeah. seen the Nova Corp. We've seen the Nova Corp helmets and stuff. Well, I'm going to guess that within the Infinity War movies, Nova Corp's going to be destroyed. Mm -hmm. um, seeing that helmet float down and pass on to Earth and you get the hero Nova from it all would be a cool one to sort of see on screen. Um, and the Fantastic Four. Yeah. If Marvel eventually uh. managed to get the rights back and save, <laughs> you 
Yeah, we don't want to talk too much about that movie, but you know, save what they did. Yeah, uh, save them from what Sony did. Yeah. Uh, and well give that us was Fox. We should. Oh, Fox, we should. Sony, should uh, yeah, lay blame where it belongs. Yeah, Fox and Sony, the two of them need to be careful from now on because yes. they both have got rights to certain things that we all wish they wouldn't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it'd be after Fox's last attempt. I think they just need to be smart and make a deal because if they want to make any money out of it, I mean, look at Spider-Man. They've made the deal. Mm. Um, Spider-Man's now making everyone money. So. Yeah. Why not be smart about it yeah. and jump and on the yeah. bandwagon? And it, whilst it is, whilst it, is it is little known that um, I believe it's Universal actually have a, the same deal with the Hulk because they own the Hulk after that um, yeah, Eric after Banner. Eric, yeah, after that <laughs> first one. That yeah, we won't talk about that either. <laughs> I mean, okay, no, that was actually not a bad film for its time. Mm. The only, I mean, the, now you watch it and it's pretty hard on the eyes with the CGI and everything, but the story was so long and dry in that one and I don't know why they didn't try and focus more on some of the fun stuff from the comics with the Hulk they sort of went straight up for this dramatic yeah sort of like days of our lives Hulk vibe which I mean I remember seeing it in the cinema and I actually made jokes through the movie and I don't do that I get angry if I hear people talking yeah it's, yeah I can believe yeah. it but no um, so yeah, there's so much potential with a Spider-Man, but we have to touch on it. It's, it's probably my least p- favorite part of these Spider-Man movies, but it's iconic and lots of people do enjoy it. Um, is the sort of personal life of Peter Parker. Yeah. We had the Tobey Maguire movies, which sort of went with the Mary Jane line. Yes. And then the Garfield ones went with the Gwen Stacy storyline. It looks like they're doing Mary Jane again. They're actually doing another love life. Oh. Well. There's another character that they're going to introduce that we have seen a little bit, uh, not in any of the movies, but she, apparently she was rumoured to be in another one of the movies. Um, I don't really want to give it away because I think it's something that you all enjoy out of Homecoming. I think they're going to dive into his dating life with a different character that if for people that read the comics will remember there's these what I call the three, the three loves of Peter Parker. There's mm-hmm. his like, high school crush. Then there's um, Gwen, who does die. Mm. And then the person that saves him after all that uh, was Mary Jane. That sort yeah. of, you know, brings this kid out of sort of what we'll call a depressing series yeah. of events. Um, but, yeah, as far as I always recall, there's the three loves. And I think we'll see Jesus. the first crush for the yeah. first time. Oh, well that would be... That would be interesting to see. And I, I think you are right in that we will be delving a little bit into the personal life because um, Marvel have billed this as a, a John Hughes-esque yeah. movie, which uh, for people who don't know who John Hughes is, he did things like The Breakfast Club and uh, Ferris Bueller. Imagine The Breakfast Candles. Club, but with uh, a bunch of kids and web slingers. That's yeah. That's what we're going to get. <laughs> um, so thank you for listening. We've run out of time. We've been kicked out of our little room here. Um, so thank you for coming in and talking Spider-Man with us, Sam. Uh, is there anyone you want to plug? Yeah, I just want to give a quick shout-out to my website, so www.nerdsparadise.com.au. We sell figures and toys and collectibles. Um, you can always message us on Facebook if you're after anything. And then also Adelaide's Gamma Ray Comics. Come in, say hello, and yep. I'll get with some Spider-Man comics. Awesome. And you can find me on at Twitter at A Bloody Critic. Uh, 
we've got to wrap this up because otherwise security are going to get cross at us. But uh, thank you for listening. I'll see you next week with a review of Spider-Man and some cool discussions on Edgar Wright. So keep an eye out for that. See ya. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, does whatever a spider can. Spins a web any size, catches seeds just like flies. Look out, here comes the Spider-Man.